highly pressed on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? And all denied it. Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that, she could not remain hidden. She came trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let's pray. Oh God, be in this place as we seek a bit of truth and a bit of wisdom for our lives. Oh God, be in our hearts as we seek an ancient word that is true and new for these times. Oh God, be in our community that we might be courageous in how we live with each other and in how we live in the world. Amen. From that text, now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. And though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes. And from the memory of light, in this excerpt, E.M., a fellow patient with Vicky in the hospital, explains his adoption of an Aztec warrior god named Huichi as an example of how he fights against his mental illness every day. Quote, Huichi is about being brave, about not being defeated by anybody or anything, rising up every day and doing what you got to do, shining your light so that people and things around you can live. The fight is hard, else you wouldn't need to be brave. Most of you know I'm a person who does a lot of writing, writing, and speaking too. In ministry, as a newspaper columnist and blogger, as a preacher and a teacher, I see And I pen and I say a lot of words every day. More than some of you, but all of us in a way, we live by words. Words. Lots of words to choose from, too. According to one estimate, the English language contains upwards of a million words. Words define reality. The words we speak, write, think, and pray. Words that others use, too, in regards to us. Words matter in shaping this world and our lives. So here's a favorite question of mine when it comes to words. And if you want, answer it for me when I greet you in the line. If you had to pick just one word, one word that you absolutely love, one word that inspires you or comforts you, 
that moves you or excites you, that captures for you truth, beauty, meaning? What word? What word might that be? It's fun to think about. Of course, I know mine. I thought about it all week. Although I've known it for a while. My favorite word is courage. Courage, meaning the ability to do something that frightens one. Bravery, strength in the face of pain or grief. Courage from the old French courage or cur, meaning heart. Heart. Courage. I think I love this virtue because I am drawn to the idea of pushing myself in life, of going beyond the point I think I can. As Eleanor Roosevelt said, you gain strength, courage, and by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. Or perhaps I desire courage because all my life I've struggled with fear more than any other emotion, of not measuring up, of not being good enough, of even being broken somehow. Roosevelt also continued, so do one thing every day that scares you. Well, thanks a lot, Eleanor. I also admire courage when I see it in others. True courage, moral courage. Jesus confronting the powerful, risking his life in defense of the powerless. Or Reverend King standing up to attack dogs, to racism. Or everyday courageous folks, a young person with cancer, facing her disease with strength. A middle-aged man going through a divorce with grace. Or the woman we heard about in today's gospel who seeks healing from Jesus. Here's what we kind of know about her. For 12 years, this unnamed woman suffered from a hemorrhage, chronic bleeding of some kind. That illness labeled her as ritually unclean, according to the rules of her faith. So she was likely exiled from the community, maybe lived on the outskirts of the village. No family close by. And as a single woman, she had no social standing. She was forced to depend upon the mercy of others for food and shelter. She was completely isolated, isolated in her illness. It's bad enough to be sick, but to be sick and lonely. Does anyone care about me? But one day she hears of this teacher and healer named Jesus. It's rumored that he's in town, and then she sees him, surrounded by a huge, jostling mob. And then she takes what may be the most important step in her recovery. She steps forward, she steps out, she steps toward, she pushes through the people, even as she hears the murmurs. Hey, isn't that the bleeding woman? What's she doing here? Don't touch her, you'll get sick. And yet, she pushes and she shoves her way forward. And then there's Jesus, so, so close to her, a foot or two away, and with a final effort, she thrusts her hand out 
and with just the very tips of her fingers, she touches the hem of Jesus' cloak. And then everything, everything changes. It changes because first, with courage, she stepped towards the light. With courage, she sought hope. With courage, she began her walk towards healing. With bravery and with guts and with courage. Friends, mental illness, short-term, chronic, mental illness, like depression or addictions or schizophrenia or eating disorders. Such illness is doubly hard. It cuts twice in a way. It's a wound that's invisible, that no one can see, unlike an obvious physical ailment. And so often, many of the folks who surround a mentally ill person, they mean so well, family and communities and neighbors and even church, Yet still sometimes we don't get it or understand. Think of Vicky's dad in the book we're reading. He's convinced that if his suicidal, clinically depressed daughter would just try harder, would just work harder, would just will herself out of the blues and into happiness, well then, then she'd be okay. But the truth of mental illness It often forces the afflicted to pull more within in a spiral of fear and self-loathing and sadness. And the deeper one goes, the more isolated they become from the very community and the resources that they need to get better. Do you hear that? Mental illness is hard for many reasons. But its cruelest effect may be that of isolation. Feeling like you are alone. All alone. Like the woman with the hemorrhage. Or the addict who drinks by himself. All alone. After everyone's gone to bed. Who hides his addiction from others. Or the depressed businesswoman who pulls back from family and friendships because of depression and isolates. Or Vicky from the book, who wrestles with the demons of grief and death and is finally exhausted by that struggle. Friends, that's why courage, courage is so important in hope for the mentally ill and for those who love them to begin, to just begin the journey towards healing. A story, when I was in seminary, I became seriously depressed. Depressed. And then I began to use alcohol as a way to numb those overwhelming feelings of sadness, to push away the darkness that I felt. But it always came back. I knew I needed help, but I couldn't get there alone. So I visited a mentor, an older minister, and I shared my story with him. He heard me so well, and he offered this advice that I still remember more than 30 years later. I was exactly where you are now, John, 20 years ago. And the longest walk I ever took, the hardest walk I ever took, 
was a hundred yards long across the quadrangle at graduate school and then into the front door of, to the, of the mental health services building. And then I began to get better. But first I had to have the courage to make that walk. To make that walk. And you can do it. You can do it. And friends, I took that walk, and I did get better. But boy, it takes a lot of courage to face into the reality of mental illness in ourselves, in our homes, in our churches and schools, in our workplaces, in our world. Courage for the one who struggles to finally somehow realize they need help. Courage for families to walk with the one who struggles and stay by them and love them in faith and in tenacity, especially when it gets so hard. Courage for a community like ours to destigmatize mental illness. Do you hear that? To take away the shame which so often keeps folks isolated, away from help, away from healing, away from community. Again, listen to what EMs in the book. It's about being brave, about not being defeated by anybody or anything, rising up every day and doing what you got to do, shining your light so that the people and things around you can live. The fight is hard, else you wouldn't need to be brave. But friends, it is a fight worth facing into for ourselves, for our loved ones, for this world. To face mental illness always with courage. With courage. To take that first hard step. To walk side by side with the one who needs us to go with them, to be by them, out of isolation, into hope, into healing, into wholeness, courage. May we all take heart with God and with each other. We can be brave. We can do it. Courage. Let all God's people of courage say, Amen.